Okay, here we are, pod number 78. You know what it is, the four Bs brought to you by the usual suspects, Mr. Orlin, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlook, aka the Excellence of Execution, and surprise, surprise, the four Bs are not joined by Mrs. No Show. But who cares about that? We've got loads of stuff going on. We did, we did have a bet. We did have a bet, didn't we, whether Mrs. No Show would be back before... We don't care uh... about Mrs. No Show. We don't care. We're moving on. So, on the show... <laughs> what, what, what's we... she done to hurt you? Not show up, like, fucking ever. Yeah, every... <laughs> Literally the, gets the most airtime of anything, any topic on this entire pod, and never here. <laughs> so true. You need to show up to be talked about. Otherwise, <laughs> go fuck yourself. So, this week, we've got breaking news. SBF arrested. Uh... We've also got some good FTX news when it CZ goes in, uh, exposes some things about Kevin Leary. But then we've got some breaking news about Binance themselves. They've paused withdrawals of USDC literally hours um, before we're recording right now. Yeah. Um, Jack Dorsey is in Kenya. Um, the petrodollar is falling as China seek to do some big oil, do- oil deals in the Middle East. Um, we've got crypto people dying all over the place. We've got FUD of the week, inflation of the week. And of course, we're just going to leave it um, this week on the Twitter files. We've been a bit quiet on that. There's five Twitter files out right now. So just quickly, just give our overall view to, to end the show. So another packed agenda full of mainly shitcoin, um, but some Bitcoin stuff in the middle, but um, <laughs> a lot of shitcoin stuff again. But uh <laughs> Without further ado, let's crack on then, right? So, um, you know, we're quite fortunate for these drops to happen at the time of recording, I'd say. Yeah, well, Um, SBF should be, right this minute, testifying in Congress about his fraud, the FTX fraud. But instead, breaking news, he's just been arrested, hasn't he? You mean it's not a mental error? (laughs) I know. It's, it, what what a fuck up it was, right? They, they arrested it, yeah. him last was, night, thirty six hours before he was about to testify in Congress. Just six to hours. Everyone whole again. But if it's a real world, he'd be in prison. He'd be eating prison food and penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the rumor is right now that yeah, he that he is in prison. That is the rumor. He is in Barbados and he is in prison. And at the moment, they are working through the extradition process. Um, the the latest is, and then we link some stories here from CNBC, which apparently the DOJ, the Department of Justice, would not have charged Sam unless they were very confident they could extradite him. So it seems that Barbados are cooperating, so it doesn't look like they're going to block it. Uh, of course, Sam could try and block it. I'm sure he's got plenty of money to, to put into his pocket to potentially block being in, being um, extradited to America, but I guess it's happening. And then you suddenly go, right, okay, this is a big change from last week, isn't it? And the yeah. last couple of weeks, like nothing was really happening and suddenly it happens. But then it comes to today, right? So the, he's meant to be in Congress. And, uh, you know, Darnell, I didn't realise um, you shared the the link because they're still talking about him because even though Sam didn't turn up, they went, well, let's just have the questions. And instead of Sam being there, We've got their stand-in CEO, haven't we? The N1 guy. Forgotten right. his name now. He's got the best name uh, ever. John Ray. 
Is it John yeah. Ray? It sounds yeah, like John Ray the Third. Yeah, something. Yeah, he definitely. It's definitely ends in Ray. Yeah, but he's answering the questions instead, isn't he? And obviously, it's yes. nowhere near as interesting because he only knows snippets of information since he's got in and is doing the auditing. We all want to know what Sam was going to say. John J. Ray the Third. There it is, John J. Ray. Solid name. Solid. And um, I only only listened to five, ten minutes of that bit of Congress, and the the, the main guy was going, he uh, used to be a prosecuting attorney, going, why would we arrest someone the day before he was about to testify exactly about the crimes that we're going to charge him with? It's not even, oh, we're going to get him to come to Congress for one thing, and he was getting charged with another no, the two things were the same. And now he can't testify because he's in a prosecution. You know, he's got a, his defense obviously will now plead the fifth and I don't want to talk. But he had agreed to come and talk for six hours about the FTX fraud and the fall down. And, the, and Congress could have asked him any question they wanted. He's under oath, has to, has to you know, criminal offense to, to not answer the question. Even if Sam navigates those six hours masterfully, you didn't lose so, anything. You didn't lose anything. But he, you really, you can guarantee he slips up somewhere and admits something. So then suddenly, the thing you're charging him with, which is securities fraud and stealing investor funds, money laundering, just about every financial crime under the sun. Now, for the prosecution, well, they have six hours of content that he's under oath answering questions from Congress about it. That would have been invaluable in the prosecution. But, why but for the sake of one over? day, they decide to lose that. It doesn't make but why do you think they did it? Well, <laughs> because in reality, the the only real because the thing is like you try and get in there and try and like steel man their argument and go oh maybe it was a flight risk maybe he was going to leave da, da, da. It's like I can't none of them really hold any water really it's the people in control and in power were worried Sam was going to let something slip about his ties with the regulatory bodies and with government. And they were terrified he was going to throw what someone you mean, under the bus. Um, how he was, um, I mean, totally unconnected, but it was how he was sending money to Ukraine through crypto for the government. But he was also um, the second largest um, donator to the Democrat Party. Completely unrelated, those two points, by the way. Coincidence. Coincidence. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, uh, it was just a coincidence that he was arrested just before, obviously, all of this was about to happen. Um, But what I think was really interesting is have the Bahamian authorities sold him out? So they've taken the $1 billion that were transferred after the event and also just before the filing of the Chapter 11 bankruptcy, taken that money and then said, well, now you can have him. No, they they haven't got all that. It's a classic move. I think that's just a misdirection by Sam, so the billion. I think it was siphoned off by Sam and his friends. And I think some money was kept for safekeeping, as in they didn't want it within the company and they wanted to make people whole. Um, but I think the whole thing... 1,500, apparently. 1,500 Bahamians were made, uh, had around about just over 24 hours to be made whole and withdraw their funds according but to the... Sam and his friends... They're siphoning money off, and he he blamed the um, Bahamian um, authorities. You know, can you actually trust anything which he said? No, no. I, I think the Bahamian um, 
regulators and government. They definitely took some money. But the problem that Sam will always be in is that money talks. So great. You, he may have paid them 10, 20, 100 million. Who, who knows what he paid for them to not arrest him. But all the US government have to do is go, well, what do you want? And it's, it's either a carrot or a stick. So they either go in, oh, you got paid 100 million by Sam. Well, I'll pay you 200 million to give him over. So it's just that's the carrot. But America usually use the stick, which is there'll be some type of trade that will be done with the Bahamas. They could cut them off. They could cut off funding. They well, could, um, oh, you you import oil, you import wheat, like whatever from us. We can just stop that or hand over that little shit. And they'll go, okay, okay. Like <laughs> he, he's your they probably, don't, anyway. they probably don't even have to put the threat though. They probably well, they, um, they'll always they, know that the threat's there. Yeah, they probably um, you know, give aid to every company to make sure that they're doing what the US wants, since the US can ultimately print as much as it wants. So every year, Bahamas, you know, whatever countries, you know, by Trinidad, Haiti, they'll all get like this um, financial aid every year, which is pretty much do what we tell you. Yeah. And pretty much every country in the world will get that as well. It's why the UK has got, we give aid to China and India, don't we? Their economies are much stronger than ours. And it's just like, we give it to them to sweeten them. So they'll do business with us. Yeah. yeah. money for the elite. Yeah. What I was also interested about in terms of the hearings is that it was around fraud of this of um, the companies, the uh, like the sequoias of this world yeah. that gave money. It wasn't necessarily for the everyday man, uh, although that was brought up as well uh, in terms of the targeting of certain communities, uh, i.e., the Black and Latino communities. And it, the targeting, you know, yeah. So it literally said, in the and again, I, I only caught the last maybe 10 15 minutes that they purposefully targeted those communities when they've looked through the books. That it was a higher proportion of those ethnic minorities, you know, what um, that is, they don't you? Yeah, it's because in reality, they are a proportion of essentially the unbanked. Yeah. So if they just signed up for a US regulated exchange, they wouldn't have passed KYC and AML. But if you go off uh, offshore to Binance or FTX, their onboarding mm. process is much lighter. So you're straight in. So that, that's what that's what regulation really does. It's another example of why it's so bad because But it's not targeted, it's offering a service which well, people... that's, the the person that said mm. it was saying it with using it as um I was trying to say that they're so predatory. They're going after minorities and stuff. Like, they weren't. Because when you when you go through it, like was FTX going after dumb people and stuff or people that are very poor, like minorities and all that kind of stuff? They were a little bit like, um, say, OneCoin. So the OneCoin scam. Um, they did. They went they, after... They went after the uneducated, didn't they? Yeah, they people went after were... like load of communities that didn't have access to the internet and all that. They genuinely went after people that were uneducated and very, very poor in the middle of nowhere. And so that's and why no one had ever heard of them when they went yeah. pop. Because anyone on the internet would have been able to call them out. FTX didn't do that. FTX were all over Twitter. It's like it's all the the Americans were, were on there and all trading and just everyone was having a good time. But yeah, that was one senator. They always try and bring race and minorities into everything just because it, it it just hits harder. But um, but yeah, the, the, your point is is a good one because I think on, you know, on last week's show, I was... 
wondering what they were going to charge him with. That was the biggest problem because mm. Sam has said that the US version of FTX is solvent. Yeah. And he thinks all customers can be can have their funds. All you got to do is open withdrawals and FTX US is fine. But his claim is F- FTX International. Yeah, that's bankrupt. All the money's gone. So you've got to unravel that claim first because at the moment, as a US kind of Department of Justice, what are you charging him with? Because at the moment, it doesn't look like any US citizens have been hurt, according to Sam. You can yeah. unravel that claim and you know the the new CEO needs to go, is it FTX US solvent like Sam says? It probably isn't. But until you've categorically proven that, you can't charge him with it. But what you can charge him with is FTX as a company has gone to zero. So the billion dollars worth of funding he did raise from Sequoia, all the huge VC firms in America, he did defraud them. So that's what they've charged him with. And I would imagine once he lands... They'll then start charging with a whole host of other stuff. But uh I'll also with... bring up the fact that um there was another thing that they they raised as well. Uh mine just blank mind blank. I'll I'll come back to it, but there was something really key that they they said as oh, this was it. He, his belief that if he was able to get funding, that he would be able to get the business started up again which was just a complete lie once again. And I well, think it would not really would have potentially, well, it would have mean, meant that an investor would have had to have cleared the debts. So put good money after bad and then pump more money in just to keep the business afloat and running. Well, if, is that something for... that you're ready to do, Dr. Evil, 10%? Remember, no, because I don't your mantra money. was I don't have... you would do no more than 10% in Bitcoin. And um... we know you've done a lot more. <laughs> let's not tell the wife (laughs) Um, so talking about this one we're talking you know whether that investment would have cleared four billion yeah it would have cleared it because that's us ftx which is the money or real money and all he'd do is strike up the ftt token as well so literally that would clear ftx that's why it's solvent because he's like i got four billion but it's pretty much the person who's paying four billion will be footing the whole of the debt of the stuff which he's gambled for almeida yeah well that's so, the point like who's going to give him that money he's going to who's going to pay well, for he claimed everyone knows that's what he'd be doing yeah he claimed but it would have been an inquiry and it would have been someone who like i need to look through your books and when we look through the books it's like all this money was a billion loan to you there's half a half a billion mm. loan to your cto so that's 1.5 and you've also filtered out eight to ten billion to Alameda, um, who are literally gambling. I remember like seeing this video. It's this guy, and it's just well, it's absolutely random as hell. But it's literally just it's him. He drops some money on the floor, and he's like playing um, craps or something like that, throwing dice everywhere. It's literally that's what they're doing. They're yeah. literally gambling on startups, not really doing due diligence and throwing it through. But yeah. someone gave him four billion. It would have been solvent. <laughs> Yeah, John J. Ray was playing his cards close to his chest as well because, or he literally just doesn't have any information and any evidence because he didn't really give a lot of whole answers uh, to some of the questions that he had. Equally, if the if that information was ever there as well, and it was just kept in the tight knit circle, what did you well, think he, about that? Yeah, I, I think. Remember- He's a pro. That's why he's he, he he takes over these scams and he knows 
just to go, I'm getting paid a ridiculous amount of money, but I'm not here to explain the whys and warfors and what people were doing and all that kind of stuff. I'm just here to explain the situation and kind of get in, get paid and get out. So when he was getting asked questions, like, yeah, it's, it's like a big hypothetical, isn't it? Sam said mm. he could raise the money and get this this company solvent again. He just goes, well, I think that's a fantasy. In my experience, you'd have to raise such a huge amount of money just to get the company back to where it is today, which is destroyed. <laughs> so who is going to give you an enormous amount of money, anything between four and 10 billion, just to break even, pay your debts, and then carry the business. I'm like, how are you going to get that money back? It's just, it's, com- and then give, obviously giving that to Sam, the exactly. guy that just, just did it before. And you got, it's just, and but he just, his answer took about 10 seconds, didn't it? He just got yeah. in, got out. He's like, cause he knows he's a pro. Like you don't talking in front of Congress, you don't extrapolate. You don't tell stories. It's, it's like talking to the tax man. You ask a question, you answer the question as directly as you can. And you just stop. And then it goes silent and you go, I'm happy in the silence. I don't give a fuck. Answer yeah. another question. Yeah. I'm not filling it. I'm not expanding. But if, but if he was being honest um, and not trying to string things out as long as he could, can on his $1,500 per hour. Which bill. was a question that he was asked, by the way, in terms of making reminding him that he was on oath and that if he had any information that... He could share with obviously the Congress and the wider public that he would do so as well. Well, like like Mr. Allen says, he's a pro. But kind of touching on another point, he used was it Signal? So they threw Signal into the articles, yeah. and he used disappearing messages, so there's yeah. no trace as well. So there is that aspect that a lot of the decisions was done through Signal, so you can make messages disappear. So scam bankman fraud knew exactly what he was doing. He did indeed. And that's a highlight reel there. Of course he did, yeah. So then should we move on to the next story? Uh yeah. so we've we've got CZ. CZ comes into it to the next two stories. So he throws Kevin O'Leary under the bus. He's otherwise known as Mr. Wonderful. He's off Shark Tank, got a big mouth, came into crypto a couple of years ago. Thinks he's better than Bitcoin, and, uh... and and we should remind people as well that Kevin O'Leary was anti-Bitcoin prior oh, yeah. to now being pro-Bitcoin, pro-cryptocurrency. He's not pro-Bitcoin. He's pro-shitcoin, no. isn't he? Yeah, he is pro-shitcoin all the way. To be fair, you're right. You but to? you know, in the background, <laughs> he will only be well. He he will have an element of Bitcoin. He knows it. Yeah, well, this whole story was... basically CZ is just exposing him for. Obviously, Kevin O'Leary is coming after Binance, so he doesn't like that. I think, again, CZ's been a bit triggered. You know, he got triggered against Sam when Sam said a few things about Binance in public, and um, he then destroyed his entire company and exposed the scam that he was running. And then Kevin O'Leary does the same. He's kind of going after Binance, saying it's unregulated, it's based in China, da-da-da-da. So he just reveals and, and shares an article that Kevin O'Leary admits that he got paid $15 million dollars Admittedly, a lot of it seems to be an FTT token, which is Sam's favorite currency. Uh, and he seems what are you trying to, to say is what's wrong with FTT? And I know, and Sam is a genius yet again, which I think he did give him the other six million in other coins, but he had to hold it on FTX. 
And so mm. it's like they were like locked up for a certain <clears throat> period of time. Like you have to be a spokesperson for us for so long and then you can start taking the coins off. So technically, Kevin O'Leary worked for Sam for the last year and a half or something for free, 100%. He thinks so, he got paid 50 million. He didn't see a fucking penny of it. <laughs> no, no. if you dig into the numbers, he says he's paid 50 million to admit it on the YouTube video within the Twitter link. Yeah. But he says um, he lost money on it. He lost the money, but he lost 9.7, which is what he admits. So he lost plus five million. He got he got five million, which he has been paid. No, I think he got paid it in crypto though. That he had to hold on FTX. No, no, he, he says nine point seven. He lost. Yeah, he actually did the figures and actually um, tripped himself up. He got five million for it, so he actually did make money. Right. It depends if he. Well, he also invested in the company FTX. So he got shares in the company as well. Yeah, I don't know at what point he said all this, but he did basically say I lost money on crypto. But then he's just like, when you actually go, you mentioned your figures there, and you've actually got five million, which you it's a classic gambler. Never mentioned. It? Yeah, maybe he, he, wants he to be doesn't want to talk thing. about his losses. Classic gambler um, mentality of, oh no, you know, you have some winners, you have some losers. Really, he knows in his heart of hearts what he lost. He just doesn't want to admit it to the public because it makes him well, look. A fool. But then it's also a flip side is he doesn't want to admit what he earned because he doesn't want to be attacked for this, which is I think is more likely, but he slipped yeah. up in the interview. So yeah. he made five million and then it pretty much comes across that crypto has caused this and the SPF is a good guy. You know, that's pretty much what's up in that interview. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because yeah, because I think Kevin, he's a smart guy, right? So he's trying to do his branding and he's He's doing what SPF has done, really, where he's like, oh, poor old me, I'm the victim too, da 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 Where in reality, probably if we really look through Kevin's finances, he, he probably made tens of millions indirectly off this FTX. Oh, he's, he's probably getting getting in on the pumps, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure that there's plenty of money going out the back. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's some dodgy dealings. But going into what, um, what was said, though, about... Um, uh, well, FTX. So he said that they used the investors' cash to buy his own company, as in FTX. So that's the first bit of money gone, which was paid out to Binance to get rid of their share, wasn't it? Mm. So that was mm. really interesting. And he said, you know, Binance exited 18 months ago. And then he did some figures. They spent $5.5 billion on other companies. So this is your BlockFi. Um, who else was it in there? Um, well, most of it were those tiny little startups that Sam owned anyway. Yeah. But it was to get the customer book to actually make sure there's some ca cash flow well, into well, the, his the gambling block, habit. The BlockFi one and whatever one he did before, I think he tried to do Celsius, didn't he? But that they're all really recent. Like They're literally in the last couple of months when it all exploded. They yeah. were investing in startups two years ago, but they're all well, tiny little startups. That was Alameda, wasn't it? Yeah, Alameda was doing it, but... They were all they like they weren't trying to invest in proper startups. They look like they're all shell companies. They were owned by Sam, where there was no company. It's just there was just a white paper and a random yeah. bullshit. I've seen an image and it's got all these named companies. It's actually like all the investments to all these companies and they're all the shells which mean nothing. Yeah, the only time he started investing in proper companies, like a BlockFi or something, was because he was just stealing 
the customer funds <laughs> to trying to try and keep up FDX. All the other seed investments seem to be him funneling off customer funds <coughs> into shell companies that he owns. He, he, doesn't, yours. he doesn't care if the company does anything. I think he knows the company won't do anything, but he's mm. using it to funnel in 10, 20, 30 million into each one. And then he just can pick up, pick up the check at the other end. And many also pointed out that um, FTX spent around about 100 times marketing more than Binance, even though they're a lot smaller. So, you know, he's been quite brutal in his takedown because he's just like, I think he's just been pissed off by um, SBF and we just want to put all this in the open then. SBF came into the conversation and tweeted and he misdirected it. So it's like 10 different points. So you got marketing companies, which he bought buying, um, using investors cash to buy his own company. And then he starts talking about the buyout. So it's the only point which he goes for, which is like, I did what I thought was best for FTX. I had to use the cash. And it's just like, it's a complete and utter misdirection, which I would say people yeah, fall for. But he wants to talk about, yeah. and, you know, the half truths. But I don't believe people fell for this. It was only the media which stuck which stuck with this when we thought it was the um they thought it was the line which I had to follow um from yeah. the government. But it seems like every, the, the gloves are off now because I think SBF said too much in the media. It must be, unless he's just an Epstein, like give him two give him a bit of a slap. Give him two years, everyone will forget about him. Well, you can see in terms of the number of likes from um SBF's tweet and retweets as well, that no one's really fussed at all about him. You know, it's got 100, one, sorry, 1,304 likes. You know, for a guy and obviously for a topic that is so widespread across Twitter, people can't even be bothered to hit that button. Mm. Yeah. I think Sam's just, this is just his MO, right? He, he gets attacked with, with 10 solid points. And then he will respond with he'll he'll find a slight chink in the armor on one of them. And mm. that's what he'll dedicate. His entire answer for 10 minutes will be on the slight error in one of your points. And he'll be correct on probably on the point that he's talking about. Yeah. You go, well, hold on, that was a tiny part of point seven. What about points one to fourteen? How about we just forget about seven completely? I throw it in the bin. One to fourteen. How about the rest of them? And that's when he runs off into the corner and and says, "I don't have the data for that. Uh, I'm still trying yeah. to. I'm still but, trying to look for it, or uh, I'm I'm shut off from access to those systems. Blah 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 blah. blah. But we know really. He's he's a pathological liar. I think this is. You know, I watch enough true crime and stuff, and you know these serial killers and people that go off. They're they're pros in, uh, in between uh, Pornhub and OnlyFans. Yeah, in just that five minutes a day in between, yeah. Okay, cool. But um... So I was just finding the tweets, the kind of like bit where Sam responded, you threatened to walk at the last minute if we didn't kick in an extra $75 million. Yeah. We did it anyway because you just made us feel more confident we didn't want Binance on our cap table. But again, none of this is necessary. You won. Why are you lying about this now? Among other things, as you know, you didn't even have the rights to put as an investor, unless we chose to buy you out, much of the tokens equity was still locked. So it's the only point which he's gone for. Everything else is fraud. And he's like going talking about the buyout, which is um, to Mr. Orlin's point. Then we've got um, CZ comes in, 
Sam, not that it matters now. You also can't force us to sell if we don't want to. Also, we have a veto right to block any further in fundraising you were doing. Never used or mentioned it. It was never a competitional fight. No one won. Then the, the final bit, which is a complete fa fatality. Don't try to tell your friends to focus on us. Focus on yourself. You should have learned that by now. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. CZU like, is clearly very pissed. And um yeah. Yeah, it's it's entertaining watching two like these are the two CEOs of what was the top number one and number two crypto slash a little bit of Bitcoin exchange in the world. And uh, this is this is like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs being on Twitter and just fucking going hell for leather back in the early two thousands. I'd have paid good money to see that. They must have been ripping each other's phones, each other's laptops, going, you're shit, no, you're shit. I'd have loved to see this. And uh, here they are. Unfortunately, we've got SPF, who's just a fucking... It, his tweets are just purely entertaining. Like, I think CZ, I, I would like to think in his analysis here, I can, I can kind of feel some integrity. I think he is coming from a place of he isn't just purely misdirecting. Directing. I think he is actually kind of un unveiling some of the truth. And then Sam comes in and all his replies are just they're just entertainment. They're just lols. Yeah. Just clearly lying all the way through. But it does look uh, but, like that, that CZ is being a little bit honest. What I will say as well, and back to your point, Mr. Orlin, is that Sam is deflecting the whole the blame and obviously what's going on onto Binance as well. Because as we heard at the end, um, you know, I think the SEC is looking into Binance right now. It's also yeah. looking into Tether as well. And surprise, surprise, who do you think may have been the whistleblower on that? Yeah, and Terra Luna. That's what we learned, didn't we? Yeah. 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 That, that was interesting, actually. I mean, that was almost more breaking news than Correct. the fact yeah. that Sam has been arrested when they said, oh, yeah, we, we know that Sam's been arrested. That's great. And there's also, but then, then yeah, one of the, I don't know who it was, the congressman was going after saying crypto's just, this is just one part of it. The whole thing is rotten to the core. Yes. That's why we're investigating Binance. We're investigating Tether. He said, we're invent, um, investigating the founder of Terra Luna. Yeah. Uh, he just went off. It just seems to be, oh shit, I'm not sure. Like maybe they didn't want that public because those guys now, if I'm, well, definitely if I'm the Terra Luna founder, I'm fucking off. Like, oh yeah. shit. Now yeah. they, the US are just giving me the heads up. I'm about to be Sam Bankman freeded. So run. Yeah, they're coming with the machine gun and there's no prisoners whatsoever. Because I can guarantee the Terra Luna guy is not an insider. He's just the random guy that created a good following on Twitter and then pulled a great kind of scam. And I think it was. Yeah. He, I think he just genuinely created something, got out of control and lost a lot of people, a lot of money. Sam seems a lot more constructed, far too plugged in to the regulatory bodies, to the Democrats, all the funding coming from the biggest VC firms in America. He, he looks like he's one of the boys. So, Absolutely. Well, it would be political, of course, because uh, Binance are obviously a, a Chinese-based company taking... Are they Canadian? Binance? No. 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 I thought he was Canadian... CZ. Who's CZ? Yeah, am I getting mixed up with someone else? <laughs> I think you are, yeah. <laughs> CZ is very much in Chinese. Yeah. He understands <laughs> but, uh, English very well. Don't worry about that. Like, I know. Yeah, he, may... he is Canadian. What the fuck?
Canadian Chinese. There we go, breaking news. Breaking news. To be fair, I've been to Canada. There are a lot of Chinese people in Canada as well. He's um, Chinese Canadian. I don't know his background, but I knew I'd read it somewhere. Yeah, Chinese Canadian. Yeah. So old. Well interest is it? Is he based in Vancouver? Oh no, he's based in China. Okay. Yeah, he was born in China, and then moved when he was twelve to Vancouver. There you go. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's Chinese. He's, Chi- he's Chinese. Who? who yeah. Moved. That. That's. Who who moved to Canada when he was twelve? So that explains okay. why he can speak English so well and da da da. But then he said his company was set up in China and da da da. So he's got dual nationality, but yeah, he's there. Uh... We go sorted. Breaking news right there. So whilst we're still on that as well, breaking yeah. news 2.0, Binance pauses withdrawals of the USDC uh, after 3 billion is withdrawn in the last day alone. So $3 billion. Are people wising up now? Yeah. Who knows? We don't know who did it, right? So Mm -hmm. it's... Well, it's multiples, isn't it? But it's where's the news? Because it's not something which I'm familiar with, but I don't follow shitcoiners, so... That's the thing with USDC. It's a weird one because it's a stable coin. So, yeah. or as stable yeah. as a US dollar. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it just deflates by 20% per year. Yeah, it's great. So you get 20% losses every year if you hodl it. But yeah, it's, it's a weird one. So they've had to pause withdrawals on this coin. So who knows? The thing is that who's, who's withdrawing 3 billion over the course of a day of a stable coin? Is uh, it backed one to one? Is that what USDC is? I'd have to. I'm like you. I don't really follow these things. I think it's Coinbase's coin. Um, Again, yeah, probably not my area of expertise. Um, I know it's Circle. Circle are the ones that own USDC. Yeah, it's backed by cash. It's saying. Yeah. So yeah. So oh yeah yeah. So, sorry yeah. So whether it is or not, they they all say they're backed one to one with cash or with some kind of asset. It probably isn't. <laughs> but it's circles coin, so yeah. So it's, so someone's trying to get. So I I would guess if it's if it's this, what circle? It'd probably circle doing it. That's what I would guess. They're they're um and actually God yeah, it's all suddenly making sense. It just clicked in my head then. The fact that the DOJ are investigating Binance means mm. there's a chance that oh. withdrawals or you as a US citizen you can't use their platform anymore. Circle probably got wind of it and gone fuck. We got billions. Because the thing is, what they do is they put these stable coins on these various exchanges to allow traders to go in and out of them. Circle have gone, well, fuck that. We've got $3 billion of our stable coins stuck on Binance. They're about to get cut off from America. That's the bulk of our trading. <clears throat> Getting off. But Binance yeah. have paused it, so they're a bit fucked. Well, well, no, well, what, well what this shows... They? Yeah, well, they've, they've, paused, they've paused withdrawals on USDC. So what it probably shows is that Binance potentially don't even have the amount of CDCC as they said they do. Oh. Why would you pause withdrawals? Surprise. Yeah, because ultimately what they've shown before when they tried to play the hand of, oh, look at us, look at our books, it was a moment in time, wasn't it? It wasn't ongoing. It's mm. not transparent like the blockchain. And so, yes, at that moment in time, you may have been liquid, but now a month on from the the collapse of FTX and everybody is actually trying to test what you've said didn't really ring true. 
Because the beautiful so, yeah, thing we... is about if you, if you were to run an exchange, right, and even if it gets really, really bad, you should never have to pause withdrawals because if if you let's just say you take in a million pounds worth of uh, customer funds and it's in all various different coins, that that money should be in one pot, and your pot that you run the business with is in a different pot, and if that goes to zero or into many negative um, pounds, it all goes pop. So the business has failed. But when the customers try and withdraw their various coins, they should be backed one-to-one. So you should just be able to withdraw it. So even if one person, let's just say you had £900,000 worth of Bitcoin, you were mainly a Bitcoin exchange, and one of your big holders came in and took off half a million of it, one guy took off half a million, that doesn't affect any of the other smaller holders from taking their Bitcoin off because you still got it. You still got the Bitcoin. But what this shows here with Binance and USDC is they don't hold their customer funds one-to-one because one person has taken $3 billion off. And who knows how much USDC they say they have. I would guess it's probably near, I don't know, four or five billion, something like that. And it started a bit of a bank run and they've gone, holy shit. Like normally we kind of sell some coins in between and then make up the difference, but they've just suddenly had all their USDC taken. They probably can't buy any because there's not a single place they can buy any from because no one wants to send it off to Binance. And then so suddenly they've got a load of customers trying to withdraw USDC and they've just got to go, we've got to pause it because the real reason is they don't have any. I don't think they're insolvent. I don't think Binance are bust. I just don't think they've got any any USDC, which again just exposes the fact that even if they aren't insolvent, they're still not running their business properly. You should just have Mm. customer funds one-to-one. You should have each token. but One then it's a knock-on to like Bitcoin, Ethereum, anything else stored on that platform. Everyone will be going, why are you pausing withdrawals? I want my, I want this out now. And yep. so it is a bank run. And it's, have they got enough assets to cover every single asset on the platform is the question. We're, going, we're probably about to find out. Because <laughs> yeah. if, I held, so if, if I held any Bitcoin, if, if I was a more one and held money on Bitcoin on Binance right now, I'm withdrawing it. But you so, are a moron. You are, you are a moron, do you say? No, I said, but you are a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have some Bitcoin on Binance. I need to get it off. <laughs> um, but I think this is, I suppose, looking at the flip side is, if Binance goes, that is surely going to put Bitcoin under 10K, isn't it? It's going to be it's going to be a big slide because it is the big player. Even though it's Binance, it's a shitcoin arena. Maybe it's, still got, it's still got that impact on uh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is that since this news, right? So since last week, we've gone up about a thousand dollars. Yeah, I was going to say the the price right now, even though I am so never look, is actually increased. Um, you know, we've had a high that is from what I've seen over the last month, which has been the highest high at fourteen and a half thousand pounds. Yeah, in in it's dollars, we're about about sixteen just. We're high 16s last week, and then yeah. we're high 17s this week in dollars. So, so yeah, so a, yeah, I, I do think if finance were to fail, undoubtedly they're going to have a shit ton of Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping, we probably I'm would take it sub 10k. Yeah, that's my it, hope. The, the 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 thing is like finance predominantly. Because I've looked into this, I've I've um, done some studies on on the exchanges. Finance got their lead by listing shit coins before any of the regulated exchanges would list yeah. them the, ev- everyone else was um listing shit coins they, they were taking months to do it 
Binance's main USB was we're going to list it first. Yeah. So the, I, the good thing is if Binance do go down, then I think it's going to be mainly shit coins. So if I was holding shit coins right now with this news about my Binance, I'd be shitting it because... I have got some. Just bear with me. I think it's compound. I know you got like your two pound eighty six or something. Oh no, I haven't got two pound eighty six. Oh wait, you went through the whole sign up process with Binance. No, I mean on on uh, my Coinbase account. So because they've you know merged Coinbase back into one. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. When I was looking through, I've got naught point naught 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 eight four compound. So I think it's when I did a shitcoin lesson and I was changing it back, but the price fluctuated. Oh, so I ended up yeah. with this, and it's not even worth a penny. No, it's so just it's just, yeah, you're going to forever be hodling it. So it's whether I kind of like buy some compound just to sell it, so I've got none, which I don't want to do, or um, I have to sit there um, being um, a shitcoiner. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I actually did that back in the day. I had some random coins, which I think, to be fair, I think I was actually buying them because I was a shitcoiner really back really really early. And, uh, and I think it was also the lessons. And yeah, the same thing happened to me. I had some dust, just some random shit coins. And they were just always sat there and Coinbase would be sending me alerts about them. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So I had, to, I had to buy a fiver of each of them just to sell them to, back to Bitcoin, <laughs> just so I could get rid of the dust because it was annoying the shit out of me. So yeah. Don't buy shit coins, boys. It'll forever annoy you. Yeah, but every, everyone has a shit coin in the beginning. Yeah, they do. Yeah, so we we can be forgiven, but those were from free lessons I'd like to point out. Yeah. So should we get right. to Bitcoin? We got Jack. Yeah, let's let, let's definitely get to Bitcoin. We've we've gone through SBF to death, more shitcoin, Binance. Let's talk about someone that's doing some good in the world of Bitcoin, which is Jack Dorsey, currently in Kenya, bringing power in and using the excess to mine Bitcoin. So. As we know, Jack Dorsey was previously the CEO of Twitter, then flipped and uh, kind of created the company Block. And Block's whole kind of ethos is around bringing Bitcoin to the masses and specifically the unbanked. So, uh, so yeah, there he is. So one yeah. of the comments which I picked out was, um, so someone... I think he's called FinTweet, said hydropower is great. Wasting on Bitcoin is not. I'm sure that Kenya Village could have higher returns and a quality of life on my energy by using it for manufacturing or household applications. Ignoring the fact that this is probably wasted energy um, and these people are the arse end of nowhere, so they probably can't do manufacturing because they can't transport it. And then also it's the fact that they're getting something for nothing they're contributing to another financial economy. And if they want to, they can hold the Bitcoin. They can sell it. And then there's also the fact if they're villages and the arsehole of nowhere, then they could even have a lightning wallet. They could have a bank account, which they probably never had. Exactly. And I think he completely misses the point that I'm pretty sure, obviously Jack is quite short on his text here, but it <laughs> sounds like he put the power in himself. The majority, the main reason he put this power, this hydropower in, was to power the village. So yeah. the village has the energy they need. And then with the excess, he's hooked up a 
mining facility to mine Bitcoin and, and do all that. So literally, the Bitcoin mining bit, it's only the excess. And there was no energy there before, Jack. Jack you went and put the power in. But you always see this about excess and waste. So you talk about the gas flares from oil fields, and people are like, oh, mining Bitcoin, it's just like, yeah. it's excess, it's waste. People don't know it exists, oh, do they? They don't oh, know that it, excess energy exists. But it could go somewhere else. It's like, but it wasn't. It was waste. Yeah, they literally fire it off. They burn it off into the sky. But maybe they could have a factory which makes Matalan clothes. <laughs> well, the let's, have just... some, let's have some consumerism there instead because the, the, the tweet that I like that replies to the tweet you just read out it's just giggy and it just says lol <laughs> yeah that's that's what we should be saying to that because because it could ultimately it looks great right so Jack's he's obviously off, off and about he's not CEO of any of two companies anymore like Twitter and Square yeah. actually I think he still is CEO of Square actually and CEO of Block but he's just going around the world now, just doing his humanitarian type work. But with a Bitcoin focus, look, looks great. And if he's got empowered a, a Kenyan village and then plugged in some Bitcoin miners as well, then you know, fair play. This is this is kind of the dream, right? This is he's just um, reminds me of back in the day of the British Empire, and we used to carry around our Bibles and go, "Oh, you were hungry? Here's a Bible." <laughs> and uh, now we're kind of going around going, "Oh, we're in Kenya? Oh, you're hungry?" Is a Bitcoin miner, <laughs> but don't worry. This isn't as useless as the Bible because <laughs> this will mine you a magic internet money that you can exchange for food at some point. This is actually useful. You yeah. don't just have to read this Bible and then pray to God and then it'll rain some hope. point. Yeah, and then that. hope. Yeah. And, yeah. and no is... doubt, and no doubt Kenya's probably got um, problems of inflation. Just generalizing, but it's, it's a guess. Um, so, you know, it could actually be something to save these people. Yeah. Uh, it it looks right. good. We, we need more of this. Um, next story is with regards to the petrodollar. So this is one from you, Mr. Rollin. Uh, China to use, is, is that right? Yeah, China to use Shanghai Exchange for one energy deals with Gulf Nations. So... For regular listeners, for regular listeners and viewers of the show, we did a whole pod on the petrodollar, uh, so we won't go back in time with regards to that. But yeah, it's effectively law in inverted commas for countries to trade in U.S. dollars uh, when they are doing anything with regards to petrol. So China are actually going against this and doing something different with regards to their petrodollar using the one instead. Yeah, it, it, it's so bizarre, I think, that this is even a story mm. because I, th I think everyone knows that every country has its own fiat, right? So you would, for a normal layman like me, right, if I didn't know what I know, and a story was that China, who have one currency want to buy some oil from Saudi Arabia, surely they would use one of the currencies that those two nations have, right? They would just go, I'm either using the Chinese currency or the Saudi currency, or maybe you will exchange goods. But there'd be something between the two nations. Mm. No, because like you just said, because of the petrodollar, it's against the law for Saudi, for Saudi Arabia to sell that oil in anything other than US dollars. And guess what? That gives the US... A huge advantage because they print those dollars out of thin air 
So they get free energy, free imports of fucking everything because they print the yeah. dollars out of nothing and then just buy up genuinely valuable resources and fucking use them or resell them again just to well, keep I'm going. For, for anyone who's made it this far, um, <laughs> the, dollar, the dollar is not backed by gold, if you haven't realised, because this is a misconception. So it's something which it used to be. So I think it was in its purest state, early 20th century. And then the end of the, well, I think for wars, they always unpegged it so they could print more money. And make 1971. And then I think it was 45 when, or was it slightly after, when the US said they'd look after world's gold and they spent said gold on all their infrastructure. Why did America get so great with um, from 1945 through to um, the 70s? And why could they afford so many wars? They were spending everyone's gold. Then 1971, they completely depegged from gold. So it's just something worth mentioning because I think it's something which people don't realise because it is hidden from history. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so what this shows and what it's, it is, this is big, big on the global scale, huge news. Because Saudi Arabia as well, just going into that whole thing, one of the first countries, the first Middle Eastern countries to agree to the petrodollar. The others were getting bombed with freedom bombs from America. They needed to get freed from their dictator, i.e. they weren't accepting the petrodollar. Saudi were the first country to go, yeah, we're, we, we will agree to it. But th- their sweetener was arms. They, they were sent lots of big tanks, bullets, all that kind of stuff. So that's the kind of deal they have. They have US dollar, but also arms. Um, so Saudi Arabia, hence, are one of the most armed Middle Eastern countries that exists. But they're going against this deal now. They're right. doing a deal with the number one competitor, America, and agreeing with China that, you know what? We will do a deal with you in Chinese yen. But they're part of BRICS, aren't they, Saudi? Yeah. So BRICS is Brazil, Russia, India, China, Saudi Arabia, and Argentina trying to get in, but who wants a broke arse in, in BRICS? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And suddenly, so all, all the anti, anti-Chinese news that we've been getting about our oh, protesters, da-da-da-da, Chinese are about to fall, da-da-da, that's the, the Western media trying to make China look weak, when in reality, this is what's going on. China have never reality, they are form, yeah, they're forming a, a coalition that is as big, if not bigger. It's a really it's a really good shout because we talked about this earlier and you said the protests, they're just too small. They don't make yeah. any sense. And I've always thought, well, maybe it's the start of the uprising, but put it on with this story. And it is a very, very good point. But you're saying, well, actually those are little protests which could have been from any year, any time. And they, it could have been pre-2020 when those are happening. You just mm. don't know. And they could have been published yeah. into media. But it it does sound like Ch- China needs some democracy. <laughs> 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 well, um, I think, you know, in time, we will look back at this event. And it will be a key significant event as well in terms of, you know, when we talk about 1971 and coming off the gold standard. This will be a, a milestone of Saudi flip from the US to China. It breaks the US, doesn't it? If yeah. Saudi do, this is, this is the big one. Um, well, but what's the relationship like? You know, are they prepared to serve two masters or just serve one? 
Well, yeah. it's obvious that the US is falling. It, it is Rome. Yeah. You know, we always talk about it. It is ancient Rome and no, no one seems to realize it's happened before. You know, mm. the mass inflation, the obsession with sexuality, um, the um, benefit state, it all happened in ancient Rome and it's happening again. And everyone just yeah. go, oh, no, it's fine. It'll continue forever. It's like, but this monetary standard's only been going for 50 years. It always crashes every time. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the, this world leader has been going for 50 years, but fiat as an experiment's going to be going for about 500, which is about how long a monetary well, policy works for until then, it gets corrupted, which is what's But happened. then the fiat was pegged to gold for a significant amount of time yeah, and in most you kind of, of those years it worked yeah yeah so you kind of go renaissance you go late 19th century it was all pegged to gold and it's funny i suppose it's going into saferdine um fiat stanley talks about the innovations which were made during these time periods when the fact that people knew how much they had to spend how much things cost versus now when it is creating consumer goods like we talk about the next great invention being a consumer good the next iphone the next nintendo switch whatever it is it's always a consumer good or the next pair of yeezys it's not things which are breaking ground anymore yeah well the, the monetary kind of systems fail for pretty much just two reasons either the world moves on or corruption and in in most instances of money, it's just that the world moved on. You know, we we did we did. You can go into the bartering shelves, beads. They all fell because the world moved on. There, there was better forms of sound money, and then you get into gold, and it's the same story. Gold is a really good one; it worked globally, but the world just moved on, and suddenly we wanted to be able to send money, um, like over large distances. It's 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 large. It's clunky. You want to be able to spend small denominations of it you need other other forms of metal so we moved to fiat they're doing an iou on well, gold let, let's not say perfect it sense did, it didn't move for benefit because you could still reconcile because you kind of think fiat and gold in its previous state was we would transfer fiat we go these are the ious and the banks behind the scenes would move the gold around so they go oh yeah you your customer spent a thousand pounds of us but your customer spent 2000 therefore we transfer this much gold. You put it internationally, yeah. it's still not an issue. You just basically go to an international settlement bank in the UK versus the US, and it all kind of interchanges. So it's still not an issue. It's just that yeah. they didn't want to be on a gold standard because it constrains them. Yeah, it's, it's corruption, yeah. So, so that one, fiat could have worked. Fiat, if, it, if run by the rules before we, we went off the gold standard, it would have been fine. It would have been absolutely fine if, if fiat was back one-to-one -one with gold. And just to kind of point around there, like bricks are talking about using precious metal because they, they are seeing, like I suppose the emergence of crypto, Bitcoin particularly, and going going it's a threat. So they are talking about using precious metals as as um, backing their currency because they were talking about a single currency. Well, they've been, well, not secretly, but over the last like decades buying gold oh yeah uh so russia and china uh whereas obviously other countries have been letting it go and uh, this is and why argentina's broke ass is not getting in there correct <laughs> you've got to bring something to the table and you know maybe they'll be bringing a world cup to the table with <laughs> uh full time three nil against croatia but other than that 
I don't think they've uh, they've got much else to offer yeah. to the party. But, but we look at gold and any precious metals. You move to a standard. There's nothing to stop you moving off it. Mm. So there's always a chance that they will devalue it, like depeg it. Oh, there's a COVID outbreak. There's um, I don't know, a nits outbreak. Depeg. We'll create all this money. Bang! We can do our government spending. We can pilfer it as much as we want. So it's not secure. And this is like I love the the thought of a gold standard, but then it is flawed. How much gold is there? How much yeah. was found in Uganda a couple of months ago? Was it forty percent extra? If <laughs> yeah. we if we mine the asteroid, we could ten x um, the supply of gold within the world. So it's not secure, yeah. and that's yeah. why code is security. The world moved on, yeah. The world moved on. Gold not only did it not work as a currency, it's now not not scarce. We 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 yeah. now can we can it's find it over the place. It, it's lasted over time, but we know the um the, the it's not very good over space in terms of you know we've got a digital currency, hmm. and so the shifting of gold from one country to another just doesn't make sense. It's, uh, it's like the Polaroid versus the iPhone, right? Yeah, like a selfie on your iPhone. Like po- Polaroids were great. Yeah, great. Yeah, you, you don't have to, you don't have to you post print it out, but you have to be there. If I wanted to send it <laughs> to you or whatever, you you'd have to put it in an envelope. Now I have the iPhone; I can take a picture because iPhones were designed with the internet in mind. Bitcoin was designed with the with the internet in mind. It was you. You can't mm. you. You can't have a, a, a kind of a groundbreaking evolution and a massive innovation of connectedness and like the internet. And then anything before that will not be very efficient on that new thing because it was designed with the old systems in mind. Yeah. Whereas once the internet exists, now it opens everyone's brains up and goes, ah, oh, wow, what can we build on top of these rails? Because no one could imagine the internet before the internet happened. And then once it's here... Obviously, Satoshi, it's 20 oh, years. 20 what? years after the internet exists, he builds the internet, money for the internet. But so once it was built, they said it was shit. Well, of oh, course, yeah, yeah, like yeah. every it's other possible. invention as well that was, you know, belittled at the beginning of its infancy. Do you know yeah. what else was belittled as well? Exactly. Cars. Trains. Trains as well. So I'm listening to the failure of nations at the moment. And yeah. countries are just like, no, don't want it because it threatened them. And it's the same yeah. with anything. It threatens trains, planes, cars, um, you name it. T- the TV. Like, Why do you want... want to watch that plywood box? Yeah, there's no programs on it. Da, 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 da. Like, why would you buy a car? There's no roads. You, there's no petrol stations. Horses are great. Horse. Horses yeah. are brilliant. You can you can feed your horse anywhere. And the stables <laughs> all over the place. You go... It's a fad. It's the same. And, and, and guess who was saying that? It's it's the people that own the fucking horses, wasn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. it's the, yeah. the blacksmiths, yeah. 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 Why would, why would BlackRock and JP Morgan say that Bitcoin is no good? <laughs> it's almost like they own shares in all the governments and companies that are fiat-backed. But no, it's, it's probably because they've just got a really good opinion. Yes, yeah, Because Bitcoin boils the oceans. <laughs> and even if it does use renewables, it could have been used for manufacturing consumer goods like Alexa's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The world needs more Alexa's. 
<laughs> and those little like birds which dip in the water and go back up and down could have been used as the end <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I was listening uh, to a uh, a podcast actually where this the new CEO of Amazon, obviously that took over Jeff Bezos, uh, talking about Alexa's and you know it. They haven't necessarily revolutionised the world as they were planned and intended to. Um, obviously, they well they lost the the company a lot of money because we were supposed to be ordering everything off Alexa's instead of just asking it what the time is and turn the radio on. You know, you should be controlling your whole house with yeah, It pretty much is. It's a timer for cooking yeah. and it's a radio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The whole internet of things connected house just hasn't really happened, has it? It's a little bit like the metaverse. It sounds great in theory, but it's got to fucking work and be there, hasn't it? Like, yeah. And the, I think the problem with the Alexa is like, what, literally, I don't, I still don't know what it's meant to do. Like, I don't even know what they're trying to do, really. Because I, I, I unplugged mine. Like, I got it just as an experiment because I always like to buy the latest tech and then see if I could build an app for it and go, could I, could I leverage this new platform for something? They're going to open it up. It's going to be the new app store. Da, da, da. And I got it. And within, I think I was using it as a timer and I was just setting it for 15 minutes. And one time it went to 50, it misheard me. And so the alarm didn't go off. And then I fucking burned whatever was in the oven. And I went, it's not even good as a timer. <laughs> like, it doesn't even do that because occasionally it mishears me. If I yeah. do it on my phone, I don't put 50 instead of 15. So, well, yeah. the original it doesn't surprise me that that business unit is going under in Amazon. It doesn't surprise the, me. The original thing was you would be buying Amazon goods through Alexa. So yeah. that was the connection. But like, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Because every time you want to take a little look, like what's the price of that good now? Yeah. I'm not going to trust fucking Amazon to go, oh yeah, like, I, I always like that toilet roll. Just send it me whenever you got some. Like Number mm-hmm. one, how often do I fucking need toilet roll? I don't even know. So fucking Amazon doesn't. And if I do, has the price doubled? Are they going to check? Like, it doesn't make any sense, does it? It's just it doesn't make nah. any sense. It's just now. Nah. But anyway, let's move on. We've massively got diverted. So there's some people in crypto dying. Got, we've had three in a couple of weeks. Yeah, three. well, actually, I wanted to uh, update that article because there was an, another one. There was a fourth. So we'll talk about these three. And then there was someone that I heard about... Um, this guy was uh, on the 22nd of November. So we'll start with him and then we'll come to the other three. So Javier Bioscar jumped from the fifth floor of a hotel in Estepona, Spain. And uh, so he ended his career as an international broker. Um, and this was because he was recently released on 1 million euro bail three weeks ago, stood accused of running a fraud scheme, surprise, surprise, with over 750 investors out of, um, sorry, swindling 750 investors out of cryptocurrencies worth nearly 500 million euros. So he is now no longer with us. You want to go on to the other three? Yeah. Keep going. Uh, yeah. So then we've got the leader of 
Amber group. So this guy was only 29. Uh, so no, died at the age of 30. So uh, this was, uh, I'm going to probably mispronounce his name, but Tian Tian uh, Kulanda, effectively yeah. known as TT, uh, <laughs> who co-founded Amber Group. Uh, and he passed away in his sleep at age 30. We don't have any further details around him. But what was really interesting is that uh, in September, he laid off around 10% of the total workforce of Amber Group. And I understand that Amber Group had 10% of their funds in FTX as well. So uh, so he died on the 23rd of November, a day after Javier Biosca jumped from the fifth floor of, uh, of a hotel. Then we had the Russian crypto, crypto billionaire and the group chairman of Libertex, uh, Vyacheslav Taran, died on November the 25th in a mysterious helicopter crash en route to Monaco. And then there was one more who was crypto millionaire Nikolai Mushigan who died so uh, who died drowning in Puerto Rico and he was only 29 and this was really suspicious because it was a couple of hours just before he posted a tweet saying that the CIA and Mossad were after him they tried and are trying to state that he had mental health problems and that his family said that he was mentally ill but um, there you have it. Four people, three under 30, and then one 53-year-old who died in the chopper. Is it getting weird? No, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, just massive coincidences. But that, that last one as well, Like his Twitter handle is at delete underscore shitcoin. <laughs> and his last tweet ever was the cia and mossad and pedo elite are wanting some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of puerto rico and caribbean islands they're going to frame me with a laptop planted by a mex girlfriend who was a spy they will torture me to death the next day he drowns so i must admit i don't really know what to make of this i don't see the i don't see any connection no no i don't see any connection well the the, the problem is right like I, I guess like it looks dodgy right these are all rich guys and and i think some of them might be connected to that so this is the the elitist pedo ring who knows they got wrapped up in it they might have information don't know but i think some of these guys are just corrupt shit coiners and one mm. of them's a Russian billionaire guy as well. Did one but, of them die in, die in his sleep, but he coincidentally had a bullet hole in the back of his head? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I well, know, what... That's the question is, I don't think any of these people died of their of natural causes, and I don't think any of the situations are legit. But it's kind of who killed them, right? Is it yeah. other scammers, like, some form of or some form of government? That's probably the question. And I think a lot of people are leaning potentially towards government and if it is, well, that's quite a story because these guys have obviously stumbled across something. They know something. Why are they getting killed off? But I'm um, like three of them have been from Puerto Rico, 
um, or at least were in Puerto Rico when they died. I mean, the Russian guy wasn't, mm. but that's dodgy because obviously I, I was there and um, I know there's a big crypto scene in Puerto Rico. You know, I moved there thinking it was a Bitcoin scene, found out it was a crypto shitcoin scene. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if I've been in the same room of some of these guys because they were all mm. young 20-somethings because it was about five years ago now. And um, they were they all looked like this. They were young Americans. They're just all going like they, they, this is all crypto who these bros. guys are. What's that? Crypto bros. Yeah. And yeah. they were they were they were sound enough, but they were just yeah. they'd made so much money so young, and they'd done it virtually by scamming. You know, I was talking to some guy that um, these older American dudes came over and they had their own scam going, and they wanted one of Big the lads. white papers. Yep, one of the lads. They were going to pay him twenty grand to write a white paper. He went, yeah. "I'm going to copy and paste it from the last one and put their <laughs> yeah. title on it." And I'm like, "This is, this is just out and out scamming, man." Like, I I respect the hustle to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, but holy yeah, fuck, yeah. this is just you. Like, no one is adding any value here. Everyone is just scamming. So you know, I I got out of there in the end and just went, "Nah, it's not for me." I, I wanted to build something legit. I wanted to build the Citadel and all that stuff not shitcoin scamming and it it doesn't surprise me that now that we've, we're in a bear market that these scams have now started to obviously unravel mm. i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people owed a lot of money if you're the top guy and you're responsible for losing tens if not hundreds of millions of some very influential person's money you know not everyone gets because not everyone's as public as spf and gets to go on podcasts and go, oh, I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. Normally, when you lose people's money, it's a bullet in the back of the head, or you go and get drowned at sea. And it looks like well, that they don't want what to be to as guys. public either. You know, it's that- like, well, they don't want to be as public either. SBF no. seemed to want all the smoke because he was the one that was proactively doing this media run. Yeah. He, apparently, you know, as we as he said, his his solicitors and lawyers were all saying, say nothing. And that is typically the case with lawyers. They would have you not talk to your mother. But, <laughs> and, but you know, thought he was too clever. Way he too thought clever. that he could he could uh, manipulate everyone. But way too clever clever and obviously come off as the, the bumbling idiot and pretend that he can make everyone whole again potentially to come for a, a part two you know there's i don't think there's a, a part two whatsoever what i do think is that we put him on suicide watch because whatever he's telling the authorities right now might be enough to again miraculously he he decides to commit suicide Nah, I, I doubt it. In pathological so, liar, these guys will go down on the ship. If he gets it, if he committed suicide, it won't be suicide. If he get killed off, but but yeah, we got, going back, these these three guys or four guys, who knows? I I don't know. And the only thing that I think links them is the price of all their shit coins went down by a huge amount the last twelve mm. months. So I so I think in reality. Because I think one guy obviously thinks he's uncovered some type of pedo ring, an elitist thing that's being run from Puerto Rico. And obviously three of them did die in Puerto Rico and they were rich. And who knows, maybe they were exposed to something very dodgy going on, some form of Epstein Island type of kind of bullshit. 
who knows? Maybe that type of stuff is running in Puerto Rico somewhere. These three guys stumbled across it, managed to get into those circles, and it was the worst thing that ever happened to them because now they're dead because you can't yeah. you can't get access to that type of information without being in the club, and they weren't in the club, so they've got killed off. That I that is seems to be Twitter's theory. Twitter's theory is they've they stumbled across something they shouldn't have stumbled across. One of them even tweeted about it, and he was killed the next day. So, mm. who knows? Maybe Epstein Island is now Puerto Rico. Who knows? <laughs> Possible. Possible. Right. Next story. We're on to. Uh, am I right? Foot of the week. We are indeed foot yeah. of the week. Foot of the week. Okay, so another politician goes after Bitcoin, and as you just mentioned. Uh, Dr. Evil, 10%. It's on energy. Do you want to cover this one? Oh, it's a lovely article. So he starts it off. What happens when smoke and mirrors burn the planet? <laughs> That's you a good one. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin requires ever-increasing amounts of electricity to power its mining and validation operations, which in turn leads to more greenhouse gas emissions. So let's let's start with this one. So it requires ever increasing amounts of electricity. No, it doesn't. We've talked about this numerous times. Um, if there's more miners, but the Bitcoin network can be secured with the same amount of miners, even if the usage goes up. So it's not a true statement, and then which in turn leads to more greenhouse gas emissions. No, sixty percent of Bitcoin is mined using renewables, and it is estimated to become carbon negative by 2025 how has something become carbon negative because it starts using waste on things like gas flare uh, flares from oil um, fields which we covered earlier so that's his first statement ripped apart bitcoin now uses the equivalent of roughly half the global banking sector's electricity use and is on track to overtake the industry's usage within two years so i'll start off just saying no, it doesn't. <laughs> we've we've seen the tables, and it uses less than the US uses for tumble dryers. But the two years, probably Mr. Olin, do you want to say about the fact that it is on track to overtake the industry's usage within two years? Oh, I love their little dumbass graphs that just go, like have one point and then a second point, and they go, this line goes on forever. <laughs> and it, it, they don't realise that no, Bitcoin has gone from zero energy use to, in 2022, some energy use, which is tiny. And yeah. all they've done is gone, oh, look, let's just draw a line. And it keeps going up, doesn't it? No, essentially, the Bitcoin network needed a certain amount of energy to secure the network from double spends and to make sure that the scarcity was maintained in Bitcoin. We have that now. So we can... Back in 2015, the claim was by 2020, Bitcoin will consume all of the Earth's energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, well, the last two years, we've had all these little graphs, haven't we? Like, oh, 1,000 people died yesterday. 2,000 people died today. This time next week, we're all dead. You're like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> like, like, you're an idiot. This is just like, you do realize that graphs go up and then plateau off occasionally. And that's what's happening to Bitcoin. That's that the energy in Bitcoin has taken probably the last 12, 13 years 
Um, but in reality, probably actually the amount of energy being used in Bitcoin, I don't think it's massively gone up in the last five. So it probably took about 10 years, eight years to realize how much energy need Bitcoin needed. And now we've just plateaued. So yeah, whenever they extrapolate the amount of energy Bitcoin's about to use, they are clearly lying. And it's the amount of energy we use today is probably going to be roughly about the amount of energy Bitcoin uses in 50 years time. The and next point, so, I was just going to say the next on. point, which is a big one, which, it, well, you could say it's big. In November, I attended the COP27 Global Climate Change Summit in Egypt. By private jet. This is the one which had a record amount of private jets. COP26 was held, I think, in Glasgow, and that had a record amount of private jets. So they tried to um, fudge the figures, but it was shown by um, people tracking planes. It was around about 800 private jets flew into COP27. So these people telling you you're using too much energy are flying in on private jet. They'll probably then have holiday on their private yacht. So a private yacht, which I love quoting, within an hour of a private yacht, being on idle, you'll probably use more fuel than you do within a whole year. And most people will be in my private yacht probably for 26 weeks of the year. So think about that. They are using more energy than thousands of people. Private jets are using more energy than hundreds of thousands of people will in their lifetime. But you are bad through wanting a secure, sound money. You're very naughty. Go back to using your fiat. And then you'll start using the CBDC coin when we say the time is nigh. Um, what else have we got in here? Waste or by design, proof of work. Digital currencies rely on hugely energy intensive calculations that strain electrical grids and burn through computers, creating tons of electronic waste. So I suppose. Um, so never look. Um, do you think that proof of work is wasteful by design? Well, what are we measuring it against? Are we measuring it against the proof of work that goes into mining gold? Because there's energy wasted there because not all the time gold is found. Measuring it against oil because the same scenario happens there. Or are we measuring it against the amount of money that is spent in, I don't know, drug testing athletes? <laughs> I suppose and only a 1% is, is actually found in court. So I suppose it's talking about the design. Is, is the design of proof of work a system which we should be expending energy in? Absolutely. And, and, we, and we should be expending energy in it because ultimately it's worth the energy spend when we're talking about bitcoin nothing else yeah because it's crazy it's creating a fair... we're talking about bitcoin only as well doesn't it it literally carves out bitcoin it, it's kind of quite i think it Correct. knows that shit coins a lot of them don't have proof of work because that actually Correct. requires proof of work mm. you need to have miners you need to have a network you can't just have one shit coin founder create a random token shove it in an exchange and have a load of idiots trading it the actually mm -hmm. specifically going after Bitcoin here, and uh, and yeah, it's it's. I think. And, yeah, go on. I was just going to say proof of work in particular, like it is creating a sound money, so it's something which is completely decentralized. Proof of stake is not because proof of stake is around the size of your stake. So if you have a bigger stake, you win. Proof That's of it. work. Everyone is a pleb. Everyone has an <laughs> equal say. Therefore, it's why it's a it's a fair currency. 
So I think it's a really important point to get to. And it's one way he just says it's wasteful by design, but it's not. Because at the moment, basically, Bitcoin uses 0.1% of the world's energy. If we've managed to reinvent sound money for 0.1% of the world's energy, even if that is 100% the dirtiest fucking energy you can use, what a deal. Yeah, that do, is you not want, um, do you not want do you not want more wars? <laughs> no. <laughs> do you not want more consumerism? I need some more vaccinations. <laughs> <laughs> more lockdown. <laughs> I need less uh, freedom. Um, I can so see final... you changing your pronouns now. <laughs> um, My pronouns are prosecute Fauci. I think we can say that for the last what one. What I will but... say as well is whilst we're on the uh, foot of the week, so last week, um, the the authors of the ECB foot of the week, uh, Bitcoin's last stand, Ulrich Bainseal and Jürgen Schaff, connected with me on LinkedIn. So uh, everything that I post about Bitcoin, they have inadvertently, happily, we'll be eating. I'm on so, DM them. Uh, yeah. DM them a link to the podcast with the exact time that we discussed their article. <laughs> How shit it is. Um, yeah. But aren't you pretty much shadow banned on LinkedIn? So I think they can just, they probably won't even see the DM. Well, I can. Oh, no, I, I can't do shit all on LinkedIn now. Yeah. Like um, as long as Mr. Rollin does his editing skills with uh, timestamps, I think that could be, yeah. How Dude, we, find uh... it yourself. Find it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, <the> fi- <laughs> That's proof of work right there. <laughs> it is right there. <laughs> the final point on this is just, I think it's his end comment. The implosion of so many overhyped crypto scams is a cautionary tale for investors, consumers, and ponderous would be regulators. We cannot take the same wait and see approach to when it comes to the climate and environmental impacts of crypto mining schemes like Bitcoin. So he's bringing in like the 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 collapse of was it Luna and whatever other shit coins and basically saying it's the same as Bitcoin. It's not, you know, it's decentralized and they were not. Um, and I'll leave my final point or rebuttal will be out this is Bitcoin is inevitable. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they say exactly, which, which I, I completely agree. Like it's the, the article isolates Bitcoin when it's convenient. And goes, oh yeah. look, it does mining, da 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 da. Yeah, the amount of scams and massive crashes in Bitcoin. Oh, we're not going to be like we don't talk about any of those really because they're not convenient. And all the good work that's being done in Bitcoin, we leave all that out. So with the crypto stuff, obviously it's all crashing right now. There's loads of scams. They're totally not related to Bitcoin. Oh, but we bring them back in. So this article has clearly been written with a very negative mindset yet again. It's it's not unbiased. It's very biased against Bitcoin. Um, it's it's a shame that this guy... And it's, but it's, he, very sur- guy it's very surface level as well. It's yeah. got no proof, no references, no citations. It's just surface level. This guy is a random um, politician from California. So yeah. again, it, it, like obviously all Californians seem to be super woke, anti-Bitcoin, this anti-freedom. They want their mashed up vegan soup and get in the pod. They they seem to see can't wait to get in there. 
But whereas <laughs> last week, you know, th- those guys, they were pretty heavy hitters in the top of the ECB. This is a random politician. So it's just another, like, who kind of cares? So, yeah, we've seen it a million times, these types of um, these types of articles. But uh, moving on, moving on, we've got Wall Street yeah. Silver has tweeted. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and I didn't know. Oh, but, but, sorry, um, before, sorry, uh, before on. you do that, I would actually like to um, talk about his his modus operandi in terms of why he's so anti Bitcoin. Okay. Because the author uh, Jared Huffman is the co-founder of something called Pro Life Payments, which is a merchant processing uh, company that matches clients' rates and gives back fifteen percent of the profits to help end abortion. Really? How are you doing that? So uh yeah there is a there is an incentive in there for him. So he wants to take I'm be sure it, be it processing fees and somehow end abortion with a uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, some sort his skills are he's got a fiat banking job and he wants to protect his fiat banking world, yeah. Correct. Credit card does he, uh, does transaction he use, processing. Does he use pronouns? I think he's a Republican, so he probably doesn't. Does uh, he say he's California, does he? Because <clears throat> I think yeah, he, I don't think he's in power because the Democrats have power in, in California, so no. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's move Lenses on. We've matter, given right? him way too too much shine. Yeah. So so now we got we got another little little story from Wall Street Silver here. So I think this is this is in relation to the government. So basically saying any transaction over six hundred dollars, specifically on the kind of payment networks like Venmo, will essentially be audited and require KYC AML. So this is the funny little tweet, really, where essentially um, transactions that were worth exactly 599 over the last couple of months has been nearly zero of them. And then over you know, the actually over the last 12 months, the last year there's been virtually zero. So about, between 50 and 100,000 transactions a month. Um, and then suddenly, what is that? 8 million? 8 million suddenly happened in this month once this regulations come in that if you do over $600, there's probably some form of additional check you need to do within Venmo. So all people mm. are doing is splitting down their transactions to 599 and sending them anyway. Uh, so again, it's another just hat tip to fuck regulation. It doesn't work. It's, it means nothing. Um, and it's people also, find why, a way around it. Like they want to track every single transaction. It's like, it's just the why, or is this basically a precursor that they, yes, if they put, they, they put this in, and they knew that if they put this in, people would start circumventing it. Therefore, we need a CBDC. Yeah, surveillance, isn't it? Yeah. And um. And yeah, and it and it just um arcs back to because the the next um tweet that I linked was just people like linking it back to inflation to go look that this six hundred dollars in back in nineteen seventy that would have been seventy eight dollars. Um, and even the 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 more like commonly known limit for where KYC and what's actually where you need a banking license to be able to take 10k off someone if it's in a business sense uh, is 10k 
But that would, if you go back to 1970, that would have been 100K. So the regulation, even though they're largely a nonsense and they're only there for surveillance and um, to collect taxes, in 1970, these limits were really high. You know, mm. Well above, the average person would not have hit them ever. Yet they have stayed the same over the last 50 years. So this 10K was put in years and years and years ago. It's so a, people are earning a few grand a year then. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And um, so it was basically, if you were moving a house worth of money, then we the government wanted to know about it. Now, 10K, 10K is becoming worth less and less and less, isn't it? By the day, that is a say, huge amount of money. The average person probably don't take, you know, three, four grand a year. Whereas 10 grand doesn't even cover minimum wage now. So thinking about it that way, um, but they're concentrating on like $600 because your other players say, well, monitor what you're doing. Whereas you kind of think in a real world, maybe going Nancy Pelosi, let's monitor her trading account and all the things which are going through Congress. But instead, four million pound trades on a single stock. You're like, oh, nothing to see here. Oh, but it's her husband, it's not her. It's not the fact that she's been involved in this regulation talk and she knows what's coming. Yeah, she, he just happens to invested four million in NVIDIA the day after Nancy signed off fifty billion of funding to NVIDIA. The the, the two things are not linked. <laughs> the conspiracy theorist and a Nazi to link them. Nothing to see here. But you kind of think this is like I said, it, it's for more surveillance. It's trying to capture all the tax. So it's basically like the government. Well, if we look at the debt clock, it's so badly broke. It's so badly overspending, that but it needs more money. So it's trying. It's trying to find those last few dollars from everyone. It's wringing them dry, so they can get more tax. Because if they wring everyone dry, maybe we'll get another billion pounds, so they can spend that on some more awesome wars. <laughs> <laughs> And the government ultimately hates you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are now on to the Twitter files. The Twitter files, right? And finally. Yeah. So these have been long awaited. They've been coming out since December 2nd. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I'll just probably just probably summarize them all really. I don't want to go through them one by one and spend ages because it's just it's just a bit of a, a finely story and just roughly what we all think about it, I guess. Because Elon's obviously promised that um he had a lot of inside scoop in Twitter. Uh there was a lot of stuff happening on the internals of Twitter where people are being banned, shadow banned, certain narratives are being able to be told. And by and by and large, I think the majority of people, at least if you were your mind was even half open we knew what was going on, right? If you were anti-lockdown or um, quizzical of the va- vaccine mandates or you questioned January 6th or supported Trump, then chances are, if you were in any of those camps, you'd have probably been either shadow banned, banned or whatever. And I, I got banned off Twitter numerous times. I've been banned <laughs> off all the other social networks completely. Just say this is probably down to you, not just Twitter. No, well, yeah. Oh well, <laughs> in reality, what it is isn't. It isn't really. I think all this is is Elon is is exposed what they were all doing. So it wasn't just Twitter doing this. Facebook, 
Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, all have the same rules. It's just that we don't have the internal documents on those because what these documents expose is they had links directly to the US government. So not only are the internal employees very left-leaning and very supportive of the government narrative, which they were, but they also had experts and they refer to these people as experts and they were experts on lockdown, experts on vaccines, they were experts on Trump. And in reality, who these experts were, and they expose it in the emails, these were the Department of Justice, the CIA, and the FBI. And they were telling them which accounts to ban, to shadow ban. They were going, so the, for, for one example, the Hunter Biden laptop, they got told this is Russian misinformation. <laughs> you need to silence the entire story. And not only should you silence anyone that tweets about it, even in the DMs, if you have people sharing articles that contain the Hunter Biden laptop story, that that DM should not arrive at the person they're sending it to. It was completely blacklisted from the platform. And obviously that's a great example because it proved in the end, the FBI were in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop They knew exactly what was on it, yet they denied that story and told the social media platforms to delete or record of it. They obviously got exposed because the person who was looking after that laptop and was crazily Hunter took it in to be serviced because it had broken. He probably had so much freaking porn on it. That guy was smart enough to not only give FBI the laptop, he took a copy first. And he knew they wouldn't do anything with it. So once they didn't do anything with it and they hid it, he just released it himself anyway. And that's what we all saw about six months ago. We saw the, the details of that Hunter Biden laptop. So that's a great so example. Just as, just as a recap about the Hunter Biden laptop, it was him basically being a crack addict and um, pounding <laughs> his niece, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and numerous amounts of corruption and emails where he was talking between him and daddy, who happens to be... US president right now about a lot of Ukrainian corruption, about taking over their government, making it do what the US wanted to do, and it, and um, putting in people into power that the US agreed with and getting rid of Ukrainian um, independent type of people that wanted Ukraine to do well. It's like, nah, let's get US people um, in. So that was the main story. The main story really on the Hunter Biden laptop was the corruption he was involved with, with the between the US and Ukraine. He was like, why was he there? Why did Hunter go and live in Ukraine for a number of years? It's very strange. Seems fine. So <laughs> what I will say as well is that it's, um, do you remember obviously when Andrew Tate was banned um, and it goes to, back to the cohesion of everything um, that was going on because he had a, well, he did a podcast and he mentioned that when he was banned, he wasn't just like banned from like social media. So Meta closed his account down and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok. But he was also banned all at the same time, like boom, 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 from Airbnb. Uber uh, blocked him as well. Uh, and it just goes, oh, well, he also mentioned Stripe and Discord. And all of these things just happened all at once. And so uh, from what I've seen and read from those Twitter files is that everybody talks to everybody. And again, these rules that they've got, 
that they've made up, if you don't play by them, they have the power to be able to just shut you off. <laughs> And, just, so, and by and by everyone, by the way, you, you mean the US government. The, the, US, the US government government. is behind every single big company in the world. And when they decide that you've crossed the line on one of the platforms, then they just send an email to all of the major companies to go off. Because it happened to Trump. Like, mm. Literally, what happened to Andrew Tate, who by and large is just a... You know, a social media guy. We, we don't we, really know still why Andrew Tate was banned. Because he was getting too big with a uh, a male following. The but what what are their reasons for banning him there? What was like the the official reason? Uh, he, I think it was like misogyny of women or something like that. Whereas in they've got the leader of. Um, what you call it? The um... ISIS. <laughs> ISIS, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> he literally, he, he's literally beheaded four women this week himself. Um, oh, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah, it's all right. It's but, all but, right. But, but Andrew Tate says, like, you know, pick a really strong woman to be your wife, and that's just too offensive. Yeah, know. yeah. But but it happened to Trump, right? Trump didn't get banned from Twitter first, and then Facebook a week later, and then Snapchat. It all happened on within the same 24 hours. So mm. we, we all knew this anyway. We knew that the US government controls the town square, which is all social media. And when you cross a the line, they they send a they put the flag up and go, you need to delete this guy. And and if you don't, they have them by the balls and they go, You are now committing some form of treason, or we could cut you off, we could regulate you, we might break you up as a company, you we might suddenly see you as a monopoly now. So we we already knew all this. This is why I think the Twitter files in reality haven't really had as big an impact probably as, as Elon would have wanted because yeah. we're not really learning anything new. This is everything that probably the majority of people reading this stuff already knew it. Like, oh, yeah. It just confirms. Yeah. 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 It, now we've got the receipts. Bit... But yeah, exactly. It's kind of but... like I didn't really need the receipts to know it was happening. Cause but when, the major... When something happens 50 times in a row, you go, I'm pretty sure why this happened 50 times in a row, because it's always the same people, right? It's always the people that are talking out against government. It doesn't take a genius to go, I think the people banning these people are working for the government. <laughs> That's probably why <laughs> they don't like all these anti-government people. So, Absolutely. Um, I remember, like, um, I read one of the tweets, it was... Oh, the guy who used to do a radio show was at an LBC or something like that in the UK. Um, oh, yeah. He was a former terrorist, and he's the one who just, oh, yeah. you know, went to town and um, they tried to take him off all of his shows, but he's got a cult fo following now. And he talks about a few people who Twitter employed, so former, basically, intelligence people in the kind of, like, um, units which you which a normal person wouldn't know existed. And they've mm. all just disappeared from Twitter now as well, since Elon's come in. Yeah. Um, so it, it is interesting, but like you said, it hasn't had the impact, but it hasn't been reported in mainstream media. So your newspapers, your BBC News or whatever else, it's just been ignored. Well, that's because Twitter's obviously a threat to them as well, because Twitter will expose the real uh, factual news because 
you know the general public will go to the you know the ends of the earth with in order to make sure that whatever they say is factual because otherwise you just get called out on it but i do kind of away i do wonder like obviously he's revealed about the hunter biden laptop the secret ban lists so the kind of like blacklists um deployment deplatforming trump and all the kind of stuff that in fact, he didn't break any rules, so therefore he shouldn't be deplatformed because his tweet was never to cause violence. His tweet was just to protest, um, <clears throat> which people seem to forget. And um, the fact it happened with the Democrats four years previous as well. Um, but kind of going through all that, I suppose the flip side is that whilst Elon has exposed all this, I kind of do worry what about what his end game is, but this may not be as transparent and as great as we think, but also the fact that he is banning people who just annoy him. You know, yeah. it isn't so straightforward, and I think you'd be a fool to actually trust Elon. Yeah, no, I agree, because I think you're talking about Alex Jones, right? I don't know who he's banned, but he's banned a few people who he's just who've annoyed him, I and mean, they've kind of been you know, he seems a bit more right-wing now, whereas he was previously left, and he started going for people who represent the left. Yeah. Well, I, the, yeah, the statement that made me very sceptical of Elon was when when people were saying, okay, unban Alex Jones, he should be back. He went, oh, I've got a daughter and or, or, or young kids, and what he did with Sandy Hook, that's unforgivable. Da, da, da. And he's like, you just go, hold on. He's apologised for that. He's paying his price. Just because you have kids, and supposedly he did a lie about kids that got done in a shoot, school shooting. Hold on, that's now you not doing free speech now. That's you going, I have a line. I I've, I don't agree with this, therefore it's out. And you go, right, that's not free speech. That is now censored speech. Your, your line of censoring is further back than what it was. Mm. But you still have a line, so it isn't free speech. You have to go, what specifically is against the law of what Alex Jones said? Not that you have kids and you didn't want your kids to be involved in a school shooting and he made light of one. That's just opinion. And anyone should be able to joke about school shootings and allowed to say it. You might not like it, but you should be allowed to say it because that's free speech. You can block them yourself or whatever, but as a platform, you should be allowed to say it. So yeah, that was the first sign that I saw of Elon. And he, he banned his, Kanye his West as well, didn't he? Ye. Yeah, Ye. He, he came back, yeah. didn't he? he? Came back and then he went on some Jewish rant and then got banned again. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I kind of look at the whole Kanye West and think it's you know he's obviously talking about Soros, but then he generalized all the Jews and everyone went, "You're being anti-Semitic," and he doubled down on the Jews, not saying, "Hey, I was talking about um, George Soros." The elite Jews, like he, he's getting yeah. confused. Like it yeah. just happens to be that the majority of people that control our governments, our banks, our media, our health services happen to be there's and a he, high he percentage of Jews. Fact. Yeah, it was only a fact. But the problem is, he didn't wasn't... say it like I just said it. He goes, right. Jews are bad. <laughs> like, like, dude, like, no, like, of, of, of all that, I don't know, let's just say it's a billion Jews. There's probably only a thousand that we need to care about. The mm. other ninety nine point nine percent of them have no fucking clue what's going on. They're just normal plebs yeah, like normal us nice people. that happen to be Jews. There's only a thousand of them <laughs> who are the little fuckers 
that are ruining the world and controlling the fiat system and running the WEF and multiple governments, media and all that. And they're the puppet, the puppet masters. They it's happen to be Jews. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, but, but it's not, not a Jew, but it's secondary. You, you know, it, it's secondary to all those points. You know, it's just like they happen to be or pretend to be. Yeah. You know, it, it's just like, I think he's just become too fixated on the word Jew, whereas in fact it's, you know, yeah. It's it's not the key factor here. It's the fact that they are horrible people and they're trying to control the masses and they want serfdom and they want an easier way to do it. And he's right. He's right for calling it out. But I just wish he hadn't gone on a big rant about Jews. Yeah. He's basically discredited himself. It's, it's, it's like going, oh, a load of the elite um, pedo ring guys, they've got moustaches and glasses. So let's just go after everyone with moustaches and glasses. I know that's a characteristic <laughs> that they actually have. But it's kind of irrelevant to the overall point. The, the yeah. overall point is they're paedophiles that run the world for their own financial gain. Let's concentrate on those two qualities <laughs> and forget that they have moustaches. <laughs> and and Klausy. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's podcast has been brought to you by the letter J. J for Jews. <laughs> brought to you by Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. The Trillion Dollar Man. Also, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. The People's Champ. Myself, Sir Neverlock, a.k.a. The Excellence of Execution. And we don't like to mention Mrs. No Show, but she knows the show. <laughs> so if you've made it this far, well done. Peace out.